guys, G here from The Way Within, Collective Evolution's new show. Today is episode number six. I'm so excited to bring this one to you. A couple months ago, I was um, basically, I was just really wanting to connect with some native teachers. I knew living in Ontario, um, they were here, but I had no, absolutely no connection to them. And I set an intention and, you know, within a few weeks, someone showed up at my front door um, who ended up having all these connections and not very much... Uh, not much later, I was in my first sweat lodge experience and it blew my mind. I thought it was gonna be all about just having a, a hot experience, it was gonna feel relaxing, but I had this crazy experience where I felt all these emotions come up. I started having these visions of these different things happening. And I couldn't believe that all these things were happening inside this dark room where um, someone was chanting and hitting a drum. So today's episode, I have on um, Sal Giancarelli, an awesome guy who is one of my mentors now. And he has a similar story when he was 15 living in Boston, an Italian guy, really feeling this call to connect with the native. And he got one of the best teachers he could at the time uh, come into his life. So without further ado, I want you guys to sit back, relax, enjoy episode number six of Salatin Corelli. See you guys on the other side. Peace. If you're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. And uh, since you're all here and engaged in this sort of inquiry and listening to this sort of lecture, I assume that you're all on the process of waking up. And as you wake up, a funny thing starts to happen. You'll start to see the world in a different light. And eventually when you're ready, you'll start to look within. Who are you? This show was created to assist you on your journey. Welcome to The Way Within. very special friend of mine, uh, someone who sort of came into my life unexpectedly and I'm, you know, grateful for it. His name is Salvatore Gencarelle, really Italian, right off the boat. Uh, <laughs> well, his name is Italian, just like mine, Giovanni Bartolomeo, but he, um, he chose a different path in his life from what one would probably think is traditional for someone growing up in Boston. And we'll get a little bit into his story in a few minutes. Um, and the way I sort of met him was that a couple of years ago, I started really setting the intention that I wanted to learn more about the native tradition. I was looking for a teacher, you know, living in Canada here. I know there are a lot of tribes within, you know, somewhat nearby vicinity, but I had no connection to them. And one day, another friend of mine named Stu just showed up at Luminous Center and someone told him he should come check it out and he's going to help us build a few things. But more important than that, he was the connecting, he was a connector to this other world that I had no experience in. So shortly after, I, I got to participate in my first sweat lodge where Sal came from North Dakota at the time? Yeah, North Dakota. North Dakota at the time. We flew him up here. We had a group go through that. And, and right after that, I knew. It was like, okay, I need to learn more about this the right way. Um, so that brings us to today. So then Sal is one teacher. Stu is another mentor of mine in this tradition. And so Sal, just tell us a little bit about your story because like most people that might be listening that are not of native, native tradition, we, we sometimes feel that, you know, that's, that might not be accessible to us, mm -hmm. you know? So tell me about how you got involved in this. Sure, this sure. sort of tradition, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for having me here, Gio. Yeah. It's great to see you again. I, uh, every now and then make a trip up here, and, you know, the second time we got to really connect uh, in your homeland. So, yeah, my, my story, it starts back when I was 15. Um, I started, uh, actually, I was in Massachusetts, um, and I was really drawn towards the native traditions myself. 
Um, my background didn't include like a lot of religion or, or any spiritual teachings. My parents were spiritual, but they, they didn't impose anything on, on me. So um, I instinctually had this draw towards that, that line of thinking and, and that way of being. Um, but my real desire, it, it actually uh, was centered on native traditions of this land. Um, and I was much like you. I didn't have a teacher. I didn't know where to start. And so I kind of put out the call just as you did, you know, set the intention. Um, and I sent it out there and, and within a very short amount of time, actually less than a year, this native person, this uh, medicine man from South Dakota showed up in Massachusetts and started to do these ceremonies. And on this property, I was working out learning herbs and learning kind of like the, the plant medicines at that time. Um, so really quickly, he saw my interest. He also saw, you know, certain qualities that I was holding as, as a young man at that time, you know, really dedicated towards that path. And he, as I said, took me under his wing and uh, started training me. And he uh, started to apprentice me almost immediately. Uh, that was kind of a developing process. And, and slowly I, I was given more and more responsibility within his ceremonial traditions. Uh, and over time, uh, he, he showed me how these traditions work and how they work not just as a healing tool or modality uh, of uh, indigenous uh, lineage or descent, but also as a, a way to support culture. So a way to actually bring people together in a way to unite people and to support the village, ultimately. Um, so that's, that's where I come from. And that, that journey lasted up till you know, three years ago when he passed away. And so the 27 years, um, the intense uh, apprenticeship initiation time was 17 years. Uh, and I'm then went out kind of in my journeyman phase, you know, like I can do these things and I can teach on my own, not under direct oversight. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing that now for, you know, about 10 years. Yeah. Awesome. So look, I have a ton of questions for you, but like for someone like myself, like I would love to one day facilitate, you know, like a sweat lodge ceremony. Mm -hmm. So what's involved in that? Like, how would I be able to, you know, get my green stripes or, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever you yeah. want, whatever the terminology is. Yeah. 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 The blessing, you know, yeah. you, you're good to go. Um, it's a process that's for sure. You know, so there, there's actually in the truth of it, there's one qualification for it on the spiritual level. And this is what's unique about this tradition versus, uh, it's, it's not just didactic instruction. It's not just like going to seminary. You, you have to do certain things to be qualified to, facilitate connection for others. Um, the spiritual qualification is that you humble at least one night. So that means that you do a vision quest, uh, humble is crying for a dream, but it's just an overnight quest. It's a very small thing, but what that actually means is that you're willing to give up one day of your life for the health and the benefit and of all things. Of Where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> can, can I do it here or yeah. we got to come down and see you? Or? Well, you know, we, tr I travel and I do this at different locations, you know, some, in some ways making it more convenient for the people in the different areas. You know, it, it's, it's hard. I understand that. And it's really hard to, to, to uproot yourself and to move to another location. I did that. And I was able to do that because I didn't have a family. I was a young man. Um, and I was able to kind of withstand the, uh, the pressures of that, you know, going from one kind of extreme culture to another extreme culture. Um, and it was hard. So what I, I do and what I've been trained to do and what my calling is, is to make it 
not hard but accessible okay or not not completely easy but accessible right so what's the preparation is it i just show up and you tell me what i got to do and i just got to set you know set my mindset it's like this is what i'm giving up yeah tie me down to the the, the tree <laughs> don't let me uh, run away oh if it was that easy <laughs> um it, it's a long it's a long commitment and, okay. and what i mean by that is that uh you're committed for really the rest of your life in a way and that's part of getting ready for the quest is that you're you're really clarifying why are you doing this um, many people would be like, well, I just want to pour a lodge, right? I just want to come in and I want to pour a lodge and this is what you said the qualification is, so I'm going to do it. It doesn't work like that because the reason why you go on the quest is something that is really deep within you. It's mm -hmm. something that's heartfelt. It's like you have a, a, a rope attached to your heart and it's pulling you in that direction and no matter like how you would pull back, it would still pull you in that direction. When you feel that, that's what, that's what we're after. Because that's, in essence, what this world, what this creation, and what the spirit responds to is those deep feelings in your heart. And the spirit is pulling you in that direction is another way to look at it. Um, so to prepare for that, you find what that truth is in, within yourself. You know, it's kind of the journey that I see that you've been on, you know, in, in the, the cold, the cold challenge. Wim Hof stuff, yeah. yeah. Wim Hof, yep. Um, the fasting, you know, like you're really coming to a clarity with this, you know, deep within yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm exploring, I'm searching, I'm, I'm, I'm following my intuition. Yeah. Things are just, the, the, the blinkers are going off. It's like, yeah, that's for you. It's like, okay, like, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll go after it and just really feel it. So, yeah. Yep, yep. and that's, that's what moves things, you know. And as you set your, your intention, then, then things manifest, right? So... The qualification and getting ready for the lodge, getting ready for the, the pouring the lodge, getting ready for the quest, you're coming to that clarity within yourself. And then you take all of that energy, we bundle it up and we, we, we mentor you in that, you know, like what are the parts and the pieces that you're working with and how do we take this into a bundle? So you carry that, that energy bundle of, of love and, and desire and you bring that into the quest and you're like, here it yeah. is, right? Yeah, no, like, I, actually, I'm going to correct myself when I said earlier. You were the second person I did a sweat with. I actually did one before an ayahuasca ceremony once. Mm. And I knew at that point, um, the guy was flown in from, from somewhere else. So I really didn't, didn't have someone that I could, so I guess similar to you. But he wasn't teaching or anything like that. He just was facilitating. And I remember halfway through the ceremony, I just started crying uncontrollably. And it, it was so unexpected. I was expecting, like, this is going to be like a sauna, a nice mm. relaxing, a sweat, get ready. Um, yeah. But there was something deep that just moved within me. And I started crying. And it, was, it felt amazing just to have this deep connection. You know, and, and I remember crying for, um, it felt like it was for a lot of the pain and suffering in the world. And I was just, like, releasing it, that what was held within me. But then I knew, I was like, wow, you know, I would love to learn more about this experience and how I can mm. share this with others. Mm -hmm. Because... The more you connect with, you know, yourself and, you know, nature, which I, I think is a part of ourselves, mm -hmm. um, things start changing yes. and you feel more um, open and happier and committed to doing good things and like all, all these things start changing yeah. that you would never expect from a, from a sauna. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> something it's, simple, right? It's like, wow. You know, so, yeah. so yeah. So like that's, that's what set me on the path and um, I'm hoping maybe we can do this when you come back. Or you, we'll talk after this this podcast of what I got to do to get ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in more detail. Yeah. But but what I want to ask you um, is some of the other crazy things you've seen. Mm -hmm. I know you've mentioned some really interesting ceremonies. Mm -hmm. um, 
we're going to tag on the, the little part you did about your humblatia to this interview at the end um, that we're just recording for another piece we're working on. Um, I remember you mentioning once a ceremony where someone was wrapped up and buried under the ground and then they walked. And, well, tell me some stories of things okay. you've seen. Like, yeah. Can you talk about them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily known in the general public just because it's almost so extreme when people hear it, they're, they just discount it or just, yeah. you know, it's like, um, so it's, it's not easy to talk about, but I've seen, I've seen healing and this healing, uh, kind of track this, what I'd say it's a, it's like a modality that's based off a cultural story. That's so different than the Western modality that, uh, the only thing that we can compare it to is things that are, are in holy texts, you know, or, or legends, mythology. And, and right? that's one reason why I just took up fasting because in all these Bibles and holy books, like, well, fasting 40 days, 40 nights. Yeah. You were telling about the humblation, but okay, I got to try this. So yeah. I just did a, a three day dry fast. I didn't have any out of body experience, but I was like, wow, this is really possible. Yeah. Whereas before I would think three days with no food or water, I'm dead. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. going to die. So, yeah. so yeah. So, so please continue. So the, the, the traditions and the people that I come, you know, learn from my, my teacher, he did a very particular ceremony and in, in that ceremony, he gets bundled up, he gets wrapped up in a blanket and he becomes like an offering in a sense, like he's giving a part of his life so that a person that comes in for a healing is healed. Um, it's a very complex ceremony. There's a lot of parts and pieces, but, um, the very, I'll tell you about the very first time I actually interacted with a ceremony. So I, like you. I went into the lodge. I was I was a young person. I had this experience, and it's very simple. Stones, you know, it's like a sauna. Stones, hot stones, water. You makes you know steam and your sweat, right? And but it's so profound, right? It moves. It moved me on a deep level, and I've seen this happen to so many people. Like, it's like you connect in with the forces of the elements in themselves, and you finally see something that you were blind to before. Anyways, we went from that ceremony into a healing ceremony. And these healing ceremonies are called weepy. Weepy, it literally means to be tied up or to be bound up, you know, to be wrapped up and to be tied up. Because that's what the medicine man does in that ceremony. That's what, what I used to do with that medicine man. You know, I'd, I'd help him with that. And what I saw was a woman was carried into that ceremony. This woman, she had multiple sclerosis and she was really kind of like far into it, you know, degeneration and, and everything. She was carried in four men, four of her friends carried one on each limb and brought her into the ceremony and laid her on a, a bed because she was so weak, she could not sit up anymore. Right? And then this whole ceremonial procedure, you know, happened and the lights are off and there's rattles and there's whistles and, you know, this, the, 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 the sound of the whistles are, you know, 30 feet up in the, the air and the, we know, I know the roof is only 10 feet, right? So it's like, how is this room expanded to this d dimension and, and these noises and these movements and, and the lights come on and this woman's sitting there, right? She's just sitting there like on the, on the mattress that she was laying on. And she asks the healer once he's like up and he's standing, she says, can I give you a hug? And my expectation, and I can tell you everybody's expectation in the room was that he was going to go over and give her a hug, you know, come down. She basically jumps up. No, doesn't even like walk or stumble. She strides across the room to him and grabs him. Oh my God. Again, shivers. Just yeah. thinking about that. You know, everybody in the room, our mouths just dropped. Like, you know, like we saw a miracle, you know, like literally we saw a miracle 
you know, this didn't fit in anybody's context there. And there's understanding that room too. There was like high level yogis. There were really powerful, like spiritual people. And they were all like, I've never seen anything like this. Well, not in India, not in Tibet, not in the mountains, not anywhere. So, you know, I mean, so I get teary eyed. Yeah, about it. wow, it's, it's no, touching, you know. Yeah, man, jeez. So is it is it the healer that has the power? Is it the group uh, that creates this? Is it the things that are said? What what yeah. is the mix that you think creates that healing miracle? Yes, you know what you just said. <laughs> A little bit of yeah, everything. everything. Okay, so this so this is when we get into the technical aspect of it, and I won't go too deeply into this, but this is this is that seventeen years of training. That's mm. where it comes into like what are the recipe? It's a recipe, and there's a combination in that recipe of the parts and pieces it's all all of the above and then some so the people in the room the people that bring their heart that bring that desire for healing for for that person for the whole situation uh the healer and what they're bringing because they're bringing that same energy plus you know their kind of uh relationship to the world um the individual that's being healed and their desire for that healing and the spiritual energy and the way I identify that spiritual energy is I call it the powers of creation. So if you can think about like um, under this worldview, everything has consciousness, you know, whether it's the couch or, or the walls or the trees, like it doesn't matter if it's, if it's what we would identify as this is a living thing or if it's not because it's the universe and everything in the universe has consciousness. Mm -hmm. There are, there's energies in that. And maybe we could look at it on scientifically like quantum level, like where the matter kind of pops in and out of reality, as they say now. Yeah, down, yeah, down into even string theory and, and into that zone. That consciousness there, that's the powers of creation, right? So when, we, when we're activating that in this very particular setting and with, with this configuration, that energy is active. Like mm -hmm. It comes in and it changes what needs to be changed in a very, very good way. It connects people, it heals people, it, 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 even if you're not like there for healing, even if you're just participating with a really open heart, you get connected and you get wow. healed. I, I didn't think you were going to go into quantum physics, so yeah, the explanation, but it's being scientific, which is good. You know, it's, it's a good way to create understanding. I know a lot of people out there listening, they're rolling their eyes like this is impossible, you know. But yeah. you, you know what I will say is that even in the medical profession, you know, spontaneous remission mm -hmm. does happen. Sure. Medical miracles that they call it. They don't know Absolutely. what happened. For them, it's like they yep. have no idea. And something yep. must have shifted within the individual yep. that maybe opened them up to, you know, yeah. this quantum healing or whatever you want to call it, right? Absolutely. Miracle. Yeah. Most of those people, and I saw so I've met people like that because I'm also a paramedic, um, and I've worked in paramedicine for 17 years, you know, pre-hospital, in hospital, and I've met people like that not, that have gotten healed not just through the ceremonial process. And if you really ask them those questions, and they don't usually open up because they're very personal, and and also, well, they'll be labeled crazy, right? They've all, oftentimes had really incredibly powerful spiritual experiences, out-of-body experiences, taken, shown things on that side. And then brought back. It's usually when, when they're near death, death, right? They're yeah. really sick, near death, yeah. and then something happens. Spontaneous, complete remission. And that's what, you know, this woman and many people that came through this healing ceremony, they'd go back to their doctors. You're, you're clear of cancer. You have no more sick. We don't understand it. We'll write it off as, you know, spontaneous remission or, or you know, like, it's mir some, sometimes they would actually put miracle on the chart and put it away. It, it drives me crazy how the medical profession wouldn't, 
start studying this like crazy. Like, mm-hmm. what happened? Why? Why is this happening? If it happens more than once, mm-hmm. there's got to be something that's happening. Yeah. You know, how can we recreate this? I, I don't know if it's recreatable, but it is. You know, it is. That's what we do. <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of mind-boggling that what we think is the the healthcare or medical wouldn't think. Well, this is great. I know the reason why. You know, there's no money in miracles. Mm. You know, so it's, it's sad the state that we're in, but. Hopefully, with enough awareness, we're shifting, and people can start finding their own connection and find true healing and yep. and you know vitality and things yep. like that. Yeah, that, and this is the thing. Like, there's the healing of the individual. So, the work that I primarily do, like with the Vision Quest and with the the, the sweat lodges and stuff, it's more about community healing. It's about people collectively healing, and I think that's where we're at because it takes a lot of energy to, to heal one person at a time, and of course, that one person is connected to everything, so it does have a rippling effect. But what, I, what I'm seeing and what I'm kind of called to do is really look at, okay, we need people that want to pour lodges, that want to reconnect people. We need that multiplier effect because we don't have enough, let's say, indigenous healers within our communities. Mm-hmm. And indigenous healers are not just about the body. It's not just about the heart, not just about you know, a psychological connection. It's the whole package and including this kind of spiritual thing, which is really hard to define within our, our culture and within our yeah, language. Absolutely. It all gets labeled religious, but it's, it's that instinct that you, it's that pull into, you know, following your, your needs and the desires that are deep within us to connect to the world and to creation. So we mm. support that. Amazing. So anything else? Any other abnormal stories that stand out? The things that have happened? Oh, that, man. These are the fun it's ones to like, talk about yeah. just to get people's... Uh, anything that stands it, out? There, there, you know, there's so many. Like, like there, Miracles were not like... Uh, uh, after a while, it was just life. You know, it was just life. Um, time after time after time, people coming for healing. And so many of these people, right at the end, like med- modern medicine wrote them off. They said, you know, most of them, six months to live. You know, you, you write out your will, you say goodbye to your family, you lay down, and within six months, you're going to die. And the people that believe that, of course, they did. And the ones that didn't, they said, there's got to be another way. They ended up in, you know, the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, driving up the driveway to this, like, rickety old house in the middle of nowhere, saying, I want to live. So, yeah, yep, I want to live. I want to live. And, and so we said, Okay, let's let's make this happen. Um, so that's one key ingredient: the want to live. The want to live. Yes. Yeah. Many times we sing songs that reflect that and sing about that. Um, I would say some of the most powerful healing ceremonies that I I've been involved in um, were oftentimes young people. Uh, there was one with uh, a very young little girl. Um, she poured herself into that ceremony. She literally like. She, she made all the offerings. She did all the things which many, many sick adults were either unable or, or unwilling to do. Uh, she had a type of cancer. I believe it was leukemia, actually. Um, and she made all her offerings. And the whole time she did, she sang, you know, wow. at the top of her lungs. Like, it, like, she kept everybody in prayer, you know, in preparation for this. When she was in there... Um, she was actually, so there's this thing called the, the, the sacred pipe or the chinupa. Um, this is a, a very special item. It's a very sacred item. Um, and most of the time people get that passed on to them from a teacher or they make one for themselves and they learn about it through this process. Uh, in this particular case, because of her, 
her, let's say, love and openness and, and who she was, um, the spirits actually like literally handed her a pipe. You know, they gave it to her, you know, and blessed her in that way of saying, you're going to grow to be a very old woman. Where did the pipe come from? It appeared out of nowhere? Yeah, well, that's how it works. In these kind of situations. It just, uh, they bring it here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to. That's hard to know. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't want to call you a liar. Yeah, I, I know that you're. You're not the type of guy to make things up. But wow, that that's I didn't see crazy. it before. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I didn't see it before. And where did where did, like? But where does any of this come yeah. from? Right. Yeah. It's when you start questioning yeah. what is reality. Yeah. With, right. Yeah. I, I I get that. And so yeah. So so one more question I wanted to ask is that you know so where are we going now as a species, humanity? You know, I know there's a lot of native uh, traditions and legends. What, in your opinion, what's going on right now? Yeah, we, we are at a choice point, and it's not a small choice point, and, and this is for everybody to hear and know and listen to. I think um, the easiest way to say this is that um, we've, we've distanced ourselves, we've disconnected ourselves from the earth and the, the objective reality, the physical, natural reality. We've, we've created stories that don't really match up with that anymore, and we're destroying this. We're destroying nature. People, in our understanding, all over the world are being called back to the earth, back to that relationship. All everywhere, whether you're in you know thirty foot sky rise, you know working in a CEO as CEO, what, wherever you're at, or you're working in the fields, everybody's being called to really connect back to the earth. You could say like Mother Earth is calling her children, and in that we all have a choice, either to listen to that or not to listen to that, and. Things are going to change. We know that. We know things are going to change as they have, but things are going to start swinging. The pendulum of, of change starts swinging further and further. Um, environment is going to change. Snows are going to come. Rain's going to come. Heat, you know, these, these extremes, right, that we haven't ever experienced as, as human beings, or at least not for a very, very long time, are going to start taking place. Um, what is the deciding factor and do we make it through that or not as a species and as individuals is our relationship to the earth and to the spirit. So we have to listen to that and that, that instinct that calls us back to the earth, that instinct to, that says to us to pay attention for our, ourselves and our children. Um, I understand that and we understand that to, to, to know everybody in this world is actually mm -hmm. being called back to it. The changes are coming. How bad? How much? You know, does the earth shake until until you know people are gone, or does it just shake a little bit and we we navigate through that? It's yet to be seen, unfortunately. But every person that comes back to that relationship, every person that enters into that really deep communication, follows their instinct, collectively changes the way we live. And that doesn't mean like we have to like throw out technology. That just means we have to actually bring our story of humanity back to the earth mm -hmm. and do what's good for that. We have technology that would support that. We have clean energy. We have this ability. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so listen up guys. If you're feeling some sort of intuitive pull, if anything Sal's saying is really resonating with you, I would say take action on it and take action whatever way you think feels right to you. Whether it's just planting in your own garden in your backyard, that's a way of starting to reconnect. Whether it's seeking out a teacher, whether it's you know contacting Sal and asking him, you know, I don't know, how can people contact you? Maybe that's a good point to segue here. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with you for more information, uh, your website, courses, where do they go? Um, so I have a website, Helpers Mentoring Society. Um, 
if you google that com? yeah dot com if you google that uh it'll come right up um you know facebook i'm social media i'm using the technology that's available now which is not traditional in that sense but it is because we're in the situation mm -hmm. where we need people to hear this and i know a lot of people like that they seek it but where do you turn yeah right so we want to make this available we want to make this accessible so helpers mentoring society uh, that's the organization we formed around to support this work uh, and that's a great place to start. Um, we have courses all over the world now, uh, all over Europe, into England, over here in Canada, down in the States. Nice. We're always doing something. So, so there's plenty of opportunity. Very cool. And what I would say just to end it is just set the intention. Set the intention. Ask for a teacher. Ask for being uh, some reconnection in your life. And um, if you have that will, like the will to live and the will to, to really want that connection, it'll start happening mm -hmm. and it'll start happening naturally. So that's my best piece of advice. Um, and Sal has shared a lot of great information with us as well. So yeah, stay tuned for, for more shows from us. Uh, and hopefully we'll have Sal back again. I, I love talking to this guy. Yeah. And if you want to come, if you're in the Toronto area, you guys want to come and uh, check out, check Sal's website about um, some stuff he's got going on here in end of July, early August. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And week I'll week also long. send some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Week long, you know, we're going to really go deep. We're going to go into these healing processes. You know, I'd just like to add, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with that will to live, you know, like in a lot of people are right now, you know, we're in kind of a depressed emotional state. So there's a lot of people that one foot like in the spirit world, one foot in the, the, the physical world and they're trying to make a decision. And just to, to look at that and to know that, you know, there's healing for that. There, there is goodness to this world and um, you know, the choice of life is, is a really special choice. And uh, we have an opportunity to make that choice together. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sal, thank you very much yeah. for, for coming. Yeah. Come by my house today. Yeah. yeah. Made yeah. it work. <laughs> yeah. You're only here for a couple of days. Yeah. So I got to like, grab you and get you. But thanks for coming and sharing all this amazing wisdom with us. Great, man. Thank awesome. you for having me again. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. Hey guys, we're back. I uh, really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. That was um, Salvatore Gencarelle, um, an amazing guy. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you guys all the links where you can connect with him um, for more information. Um, a Man Among the Helpers is his book and um, amanamongthehelpers.com is his website. Um, connect with me on my website, www.thewaywithin.me and I'll have links to all of these guys' stuff on their shows. And obviously, you know, check out collectiveevolution.com. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week with episode number seven. Peace.